everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of the Detours in Music podcast. Today we get to listen to an interview I did with Dr. Susan Barber. Dr. Barber is a professor of bassoon at James Madison University, as well as one of the Chamber Winds coaches for Woodwind students. She's also on faculty at the Brevard Music Festival for the summer. I hope you enjoy the episode. So today we're joined with professor of bassoon at James Madison University, Dr. Susan Barber. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Can you tell us how you got your start in music? Um, my earliest memories of music are um, learning the recorder in third grade, and I loved it. <laughs> so much so that my parents took the noise-making part away from me mm -hmm. because I would run around the house just blowing on it. So, so maybe woodwinds were good. Um, my mother played the cello, but just as an amateur, a good amateur, and uh, we always went to concerts, and um, so then I started playing the flute in fourth grade, and I did that for a long time, and then shifted to bassoon when I was in high school. Okay. So. Cool. Um, where did you go to school, and why? Um, I started out at the Crane School of Music, which is SUNY Potsdam, and uh, it was actually my last choice, um, but I'd only played bassoon about a year. Wow. And it was my last choice primarily because it was closest to home. Okay, so you're <laughs> from New York? No, I'm from Vermont. Okay. Yeah, so it was actually the closest one to home. Um, I also looked at Ithaca because I had a, a conductor um, for the Vermont Allstate Festival that was from Ithaca, and I really, really liked her. Um, and then the other places I were, was looking were in New England. So, but I really liked the teacher, um, and so I just ended up going there. And I had, it was good. I mean, I was, I was probably a bigger fish in a smaller pond. It was a big school, but um, as far as the bassoons went, um, I was definitely one of the stronger mm -hmm. players, so I got to play a lot. Um, and my teacher's son, who was at Interlochen and then Juilliard, we were almost the same age, but he also played the bassoon. So when he was home on vacation, he would sit in the orchestra, we'd play together, and so mm -hmm. we did a lot of stuff together. And so that's, so I started there. Um, and then uh, I went on to graduate school, um, and I was looking at conservatories by that point, and I looked at Yale, um, Cleveland Institute, and Juilliard in Manhattan, and uh, I ended up getting into all of them, and um, the teacher at Juilliard and Manhattan were the same teacher, mm -hmm. and the location of Juilliard is by far better in New York, so, yeah. <laughs> I, so I ended up going to Juilliard, yeah. And then I spent a year at Yale, um, because I was in a public transit accident when I was in New York. So my teacher said, well, why don't you come? And so I could take some more time to play um, with him and work with him. And he, is, he was just starting to teach at Yale, and really his studio was kind of small. So I was sort of the ace in the mm -hmm. hole. In the, in the, the middle of your master's degree you went to? No, no, that was at the end. So I had completed a master's, and then I ended up, so I studied with him for three years. Okay. Um, and 
I was then after that I was going to go to Banff and do a winter program there and practice to try to get a job, but I got a job before I went, so that's how I ended up doing that. And okay. I worked for about five or six years doing that, and then I ended up uh, going to LSU to get a doctorate. I'd always been teaching, and mm. um, but that's kind of a whole nother. <laughs> okay. What would you be doing if you weren't a musician? What would I be doing? What would I be doing now? I would be, I don't know, I would work in a greenhouse, <laughs> I would be a park ranger, um, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew what I would do other than music, so I don't, yeah, I can't think of, it made it an easy choice for me. That's good. <laughs> um, what's something you struggled with in your undergraduate degree? Um... Well, I didn't know I struggled until in retrospect, mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. um, in my undergraduate, um, you know, I was doing a lot of things. I was playing a lot of high-up stuff, and I, I didn't really know what I could do. Mm -hmm. And so I think I learned... When I was finally on my own, I learned to to take more ownership for my my own development. Mm -hmm. It's not that I didn't take the responsibility. I was regular at practicing. I did all the things. I listened to music a lot and looked at score. I mean, I did all those things, but I feel like I was more thoughtful about it afterwards rather than just sort of going through the motions mm -hmm. of doing it. I mean, going through the motions to a certain degree can be helpful but so I feel like with my own students I try to bug them and get them to be doing more of that stuff so not you know or or I structure my own teaching around the things that I feel like people let go of in my own teaching mm -hmm. or just assume that I would figure it out on my own without telling me and I think as a teacher your responsibility is don't assume that your students know anything mm -hmm. because you're there to relay all of this information mm -hmm. so I would say maybe that would be the biggest thing yeah um, what's some advice you have for a younger player for whom things aren't going as expected um, as expected like how do you mean as expected it could be, maybe they're deciding they're not loving music maybe it's they don't practice regularly. Maybe it's they thought they would be a big fish in a small pond, and they're not. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think I'd give different advice depending yeah, on what the situation is. I, you know, I mean, I think I'm I'm very pragmatic. I think if music is not for you, you shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like if you're not a superstar, but you work hard regularly, and you are curious and explore everything that's out there, there will be a place for you in music. Mm -hmm. um, it may not be exactly the path that you were, you set out to be on. I mean, my, my, I was trained as an orchestral player and that's mm -hmm. what I started doing and I hated it. Mm -hmm. And now I do it occasionally and that's just enough yeah. for me. Um, I, you know, you play Beethoven five every year and, mm -hmm. You know, just sometimes the dynamics in the orchestra 
I mean, I'm talking about personal dynamics. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you got to work with these people, and if, if they don't get along, it can be a really miserable place mm -hmm. to be. And I just was very much, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm like my little dog, squirrel, squirrel. Mm -hmm. You know, I need I need the other things, and mm -hmm. I like I like the diversity um, in the types of things that I play and the types of things that I get to do every mm -hmm. day. Um, I had a, I had more free time mm -hmm. as an orchestra player because I had more time to practice, which yeah. I wish I had, but mm -hmm. um, unfortunately I you know that's a hard thing to balance out I mean I think if you're worried if you if if students are worried about that kind of thing then I think they would be um, you know if they if they really love it mm -hmm. they're gonna find a place yeah. and it may not be their original plan but they'll find a place I think if you don't you shouldn't do it mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean I, I think those people are the ones that we want they like it but then they realize that it really is it is hard work like mm -hmm. anything yeah. that you want to do well. And if you don't enjoy the time in the practice room, which I actually do, mm -hmm. you know, it's like I get done here and I'm like, even if I'm tired, I, I want to go practice yeah. because I enjoy that. I enjoy the puzzle. I enjoy the, the discovery process. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I like the feeling that when I am done that, that I've accomplished something, you know, like mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, I can do that. I play that better now that I'm doing that. And I'm always mm -hmm. trying to do that. So I don't think that stops. Mm -hmm. And even my teacher, when I studied with him, he was 70 and he'd played in the Met for 40 years, 45 years and Pittsburgh Symphony before that. And, you know, he, he was still, he didn't practice every day, mm -hmm. but he was still really into bassoon related things, mm -hmm. you know, and he said, and he said, he said, yeah, I'm always trying to learn. He said, I learn things from my students, and then I try them out. And um, so, I, you know, I, I think that's a good model. Mm -hmm. But I think if it's not for you, then don't do it. It's okay. Um, if you have a crisis of conscience partway through, like you're worried you're not going to make it, mm -hmm. um, I think so, in that case, you just got to have faith mm -hmm. and you know, go on from there, I think. Um, what was your musical detour? My musical detour. I don't know if it's a detour. Maybe it's just meandering. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I, so once I decided, um, so I was also, my other interest in high school, I was, I really enjoyed biology and mm -hmm. sciences. And so that was my other that would have been the other direction, and mm -hmm. I think if, if my parents had had their way, that would have been the direction they wanted me to go. Mm -hmm. um, but at the last minute, I mean, talking last minute, we're talking about this time of year when I was a senior, I suddenly decided that I didn't want to do that, mm -hmm. which was not necessarily a very popular decision in my household. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and it, it did turn out okay. So mm -hmm. I was definitely taking a leap of faith with that. But, you know, I, had, um, I hadn't played bassoon very long, but I was first in the Vermont All-State. I was first in the Vermont Youth Orchestra. I was first in the All New England Music Festival, which is a big pool of people. Um, and, you know, so... I figured, well, I must be doing okay yeah. <laughs> if I'm coming up, you know, these are the kinds of things that I'm getting to do. Mm -hmm. um, 
so that's why I decided that I was going to do it. I, mm -hmm. I was a music education major for three days, <laughs> and um, they tried to make me play the trombone, and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> and I had to go talk to the head of the music education mm -hmm. department, and she said, well, you're, why don't you teach at the lab school? And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, uh, and ironically, now I'm a teacher. But yeah. um, I, so I said, she said, well, you're never going to get a job. And I said, well, how do you know? You haven't heard me play. And, you know, <laughs> so, of course, my, you know, arrogant little freshman in yeah. college. <laughs> but, you know, I committed to it then, and, and mm -hmm. you know, I've really pretty much stayed on the path. So even when I was teaching, um, even when I was playing it, so I started in the Hartford Symphony. I was doing quite a bit with other, like the New Haven Symphony, Hartford mm -hmm. Symphony, Rhode Island Philharmonic. Um, so I subbed with some of those groups a lot, but I was principal bassoon of the Hartford Symphony and the Connecticut Opera, and um, I um, I still was doing some teaching. I taught mm -hmm. at Hart. Uh, I played in a wind quintet that was in residence there, in addition to the quintet I had to play in for the symphony. Mm -hmm. um, so I was already doing children's concerts mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, it interested me more when it was bassoon related mm -hmm. and you know hopefully getting people to develop that sense of integrity with what they do and um, you know be advocates for music mm -hmm. and the bassoon mm -hmm. I like the bassoon when did you know you were on a detour so I guess um, when did you in your career or in high school realize like this is me making the choice or this is me changing my mind. Um, I think uh, when I was in high school, it was just I was so involved in music. And mm -hmm. even though I liked this other area that maybe would have been more lucrative mm -hmm. or practical in, in, in many, many, uh, many ways, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was just like I really couldn't see myself doing anything else. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I made the detour. Yeah. Um, I think when I went to LSU and took the job in the Baton Rouge Symphony that that probably was the other biggest detour that I've taken mm -hmm. um, because I I then stepped off everything that I was doing and I was still playing around the country a lot. I was playing in New World mm -hmm. as a finalist there and um, so I could have stayed on that path even mm -hmm. though I'd already decided that I like doing that, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, and I was pretty casual with my first um, year or two of my doctorate in that I, you know, I was there and then I took a semester off to go back to Sarasota and then I went to Spain for half a year to play there. And finally it was like, okay, if I'm mm -hmm. going to do this, I need to finish it. And, and I was offered a job one year into my doctorate too. And I, it was at a, place that I wasn't sure I really wanted to go to mm -hmm. and I thought you know I should stay here and finish and not accept that job mm -hmm. because there'll be something better beyond that once you finish if I do it mm -hmm. so maybe those are the biggest my choice to leave all the freelancing and the extra playing I was doing in New England and mm -hmm. and go to commit to LSU sight on scene Mm -hmm. um, but I, I had heard the teacher play. Um, actually, I heard his 
audition tape for the Concert Artist Guild. So he was a finalist for that, or he was accepted for that at the time. And, and I was very impressed with his playing, mm -hmm. as was my teacher. And because he's the one who, he mm -hmm. was the judge. And so he was okay. playing, he's like, this is somebody you need to hear. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, so it was, I think that was, that was maybe the biggest leap of faith, I guess, that I ever mm -hmm. took, probably, was doing that. Music begins where the possibility of language ends. I mm -hmm. do think that's true. Mm -hmm. And I think people who are not able to express themselves, who are not so, I'm sure it's probably hard to believe, but mm -hmm. I was definitely an introvert. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, I, I think uh, it was just a way to let some of those things out in mm -hmm. a way that was okay, mm -hmm. you know, and easy mm -hmm. if you may be thinking about it that way. Um, I also like the Joseph Haydn quote, there's no one near, near to confuse me, so I was forced to become an original. So, mm -hmm. and I feel like yeah. in, in our work that's, you know, that kind of crazy experimentation is where you have to go, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember who said this quote, but somebody said, if you haven't failed at anything, you haven't tried anything new, mm -hmm. um, it's unrelated to music, but, but still I, I like that mm -hmm. concept, like the, the, the idea of trying whatever it is, even if it's totally crazy, if it mm -hmm. solves. And so in my teaching, I think I do a lot of those sorts of things. And, mm -hmm. and um, it seems to help and seems to connect in ways that maybe just sort of understanding and retelling what I'm actually doing is um, doesn't doesn't actually do. I was up for five jobs and this one actually came kind of late mm -hmm. um, and it was they were all over the country, and at the time when this one came, I'd already declined um, three of them, and then there was another one that wanted me in Flagstaff, Arizona, and this was t a tenure-track position, and that mm -hmm. one wasn't, and uh, um, this was closer to my family, and at the time I was married, and it was closer to my husband's family, and so it just sort of seemed like a logical place to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I first came, uh, it was a very different place. It was much smaller. And I think it's mm -hmm. really grown mm -hmm. into a, you know, a force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. I think um, I'm pleased by that, yeah. you know, and I feel like I, I don't want to take credit for that, but I'm sure mm -hmm. my being here has hopefully had a, a part in that. And, mm -hmm. you know, I like the area. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like Vermont, only it's warmer, <laughs> yeah. so, and there's more sun, so I do like that too. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Absolutely, you're welcome. I personally found Dr. Barber's passion for music her entire life to be really inspiring saying that she never knew what she would do if it wasn't for music. And I think that's something that a lot of us need to keep in mind when we're feeling burnt out, that music is something that we love and it's a hobby and it's a passion and we're really lucky to do what we do. 
As always, feel free to email me at detoursandmusicpodcast at gmail.com or um, we have an Instagram now. It's the Detours and Music Podcast. So if there's anyone you want me to interview, any questions you want answered, feel free to contact me on those platforms. Thank you. And our next episode will be with Dr. Eric Rupel, the interim director of the School of Music at JMU. Thanks. Thanks.